Daily Summer, and I'm back from the UK. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I'm live every Sunday from 8 to 9, except for when I'm away, of course. But uh, back for this beautiful weather. I had quite an interesting and, and an enjoyable trip uh, to Scotland. I'll tell you more about that in a little bit and uh, throughout the show. Also, happy Father's Day to everyone out there, um, including the moms who are also doing double duty as dads. Now, if you were in town this weekend, then you know that basically every every block or street or second street was closed for some sort of outdoor festival. And we had actually great weather for it. So this weekend, there were so many things going on. And I don't remember having so many festivals at one time. And I'm not sure if it's because everyone wants to do it before the Pan Am Games take over the city. But we have, for example, a Taste of Little Italy was going on, uh, North by Northeast, uh, Pride has kicked off as well. Luminato downtown. Also, Queen's Key, that nightmare that was Queen's Key for several years with all that construction that is now done. All of the um, construction pylons are gone. I went down for a bit of a jog yesterday. Lots of people were out. So Queen's Key now is open. That's down near like Spadina and Bathurst. And they've got these really great wide sidewalks. They've got bike lanes so that you don't have to like run into people um although pedestrians who like run across the bike lanes and don't look that's another story but uh it was actually a really beautiful weekend to be in the city hopefully you got outdoors and got to enjoy some of it you can always text in as well the show is live and interactive you can text in at 7 10 10 would love to know if you took part in any of the uh, festivals or festivities that were going on this weekend let me know how you spent this first weekend of summer also happening tonight because of course there should be more things going on um if you have children at home that are of the tween or teen age then you probably know about much music's mmvas that has part of uh, queen street closed down right now with all the big celebrities out there and um i can't i don't know who some of these it, it kind of bothers me that i used to always know who the celebrities were that they promoted on the mmvas and as each year goes by, I know fewer and fewer of those names. Um, and also, I've got a great guest in studio with me right now. He is known as much for his cooking as he is for his many tattoos, um, his show, his food show, which is what we're going to talk about as well. Um, I've got uh, Chef Maddie Matheson from Parkdale's Parts and Labor in studio with me. And we're talking about... Tonight, we're going to talk about your traveling food series, which is on Munchies. It's called Keep It Canada. So thanks for uh, coming down during all this madness. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. What's good, Toronto? <laughs> I, I also believe that uh, one of the security guards may have given you um, preferable parking because yeah. he recognized you. Yeah, I got clearance. The security guard <laughs> was watching my... He was a fan, big fan. Shout out to that security See? guard. See? That's He's what, the homie. Because I said, I'm like, I don't think you're going to get parking in this area. It's going to be a nightmare. And you're like, I just got parking around the corner. Yeah. It pays I, to have an internet star <laughs> driving. <laughs> well, you. so basically what you've been doing uh, with your with the show Keep It Canada is you've been traveling for food within the country. And I've been trying to do a little bit of traveling <clears throat> as well. I, so I was just in Scotland. I don't know. Yeah. Have you been? I haven't been to Scotland. I haven't. <gasps> See, I was there uh, once about 15 years ago, okay. and it was sort of like backpacking style with a right. friend of mine. And we went because uh, we found these return tickets for 350 bucks. Wow. All in. And that was because it was during the foot and mouth disease. Right. So at the time. Good time to travel. 
one was really going. So we got these great <laughs> tickets, but it was a totally different type of trip. So this time around, um, I got to go back and like try. I wanted to find out like you know what is Scottish food beyond right. deep fried Mars bars, right? You and know, haggis and yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then there's a lot of um, Indian food in the UK, right? So I actually did this little um, bakora. Class, Pakora cooking class. So it was like a fusion of Indian and Scottish food. Okay. So we had haggis, right? Pakoras, and then one. I don't know if somebody would do this typically in a cooking class. So we were there as like attendees of the class, right. and this guy brings out this plastic bag. He's just there to attend the class, and he says to the chef of this restaurant, it's called Mr. Singh's Indian Restaurant. He's like, "Have you ever had black pudding?" And the chef was like, "No." He's like, I brought you some black pudding. I think we should make a pakora. And yeah. I'm thinking, when did cooking classes become like a bring your own ingredients sort right. of thing? And then the chef was like, okay. Sure. Yeah, we can do that. that. Be good. We've, got, we've got the batter made up. And crispy, I'm like sitting there. Uh, crispy uh, blood pudding. It's <laughs> good, man. You know what? It was battered. It was deep fried. Yeah. Battered and deep fried kind of makes everything delicious, doesn't it? You can make a lot of things taste good deep fried. <laughs> well, oh, almost including black pudding. Yeah. Really. I like black pudding. So, yeah. Someone asked me, they're like, what is what is in it? And I'm like, blood? There's blood, there's pork fat, there's a bunch of stuff, different seasonings. Yeah. Because some people put like grains and stuff like that into it to kind of fill it out. And then there's like like more stiff kind of blood puddings or there's like like firmer ones and yeah. like looser ones and stuff like that, right? Like some people like the big, the more like crispy stuff. I mm -hmm. like like more almost like a poached. And then seared uh, blood pudding on like, oh, mashed potatoes and yeah. stuff like that. I guess there's so many variations because it's like saying, I made a sausage. Well, you can make it any way yeah, you, you like. Yeah, like you're just using blood as your base and you can put as much. A lot of stuff is if you go traditional or you can add and subtract whatever you need to. Mm, blood. Blood is good. <laughs> so season one of Keep It Canada was on uh, or is online right now. Yep. So it's Yeah, on... it's on Munchies. Yep. Yeah. So you can go check that out on online at Munchies. And um, yeah, it was it was really amazing to to be able to go across Canada with with my buddies who are the camera guys and producer and and do like that broad stroke of Canada. So what was the you know I guess what is the the premise of the show? The premise of the show I feel is I'm I'm very much a city guy. Like mm -hmm. I didn't grow up on a farm. I didn't grow up. Uh, traveling Canada. I, I didn't grow up fishing or doing any of that kind of stuff, right? Like I'm very much, I was much more into like music and like punk and hardcore music and all that kind of stuff. And and becoming a chef, I feel a lot of chefs get these ingredients and, and, and animals and all this stuff that show up at their back door. And, and a lot of people do know where it comes from, but a lot of people don't, mm -hmm. right? So I kind of wanted to see like where where the purveyors and like the farmers and the produce and all that kind of stuff was coming from, meeting interesting people across Canada and kind of seeing where food and the people surrounding that different types of food uh, are about and where they're at and where they're going and kind of hanging out and seeing where the, what, what, what the scene's all about. So your background is you actually, you were born in New Brunswick. I was you born grew in St. John. Okay. Grew up in Fort Erie. Shout out to Fort Erie. Mm -hmm. Great place. Went to high school in Port Colburn. And then moved to Toronto in 2000. Okay. Yeah. So it's been 15 years in the city. And then when yeah. did you start cooking? I, mo I moved to Toronto. Uh, I went to Humber College. Yep. Uh, went to the culinary program there. Um, 
Anthony Bevan was was my favorite chef there, and we're still in contact, like through Facebook and stuff. Uh, the funny, the, some of the funnier stuff about uh, social media is when teachers reach out to you and stuff. I never, <laughs> I never thought I'd have an internet show or like restaurants and stuff like that, but you know, like so, I I, I just went to uh, Humber, mm-hmm. uh, did the culinary management program. Uh, I don't want to say this, but I dropped out with two weeks left in my program. What? With two weeks? Two weeks left in my program. Dropped out. Went on tour with like a metal band. Oh my god! Canada. You couldn't wait two weeks. They couldn't <laughs> no, wait two weeks. The tour was going, and I wanted to hang out with my buddies, so oh I dropped my god. out. <laughs> don't drop out. Finish school. <laughs> school is cool. School is cool, man. So then you went and uh, you went on tour with a metal band. Yeah, and then and then and then I came back, and it was cool, and then. Um, and then I get my first job was at uh, Le Select Bistro. Mm-hmm. Uh, lovely, still the same owners, you know, Jean Jacques and Vicky, and uh, which is now down on Wellington Street. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, and Frederick as well. Um, and and those guys are down there on Wellington. I used to work on the one on Queen Street and was part of the opening team on Wellington. And then I went and worked at La Palette uh, for Chemez and Maria. Uh, another great. So couple. you had some nice classic French training. Yeah, background. like I only worked in French bistros. Yeah, and then and then at twenty when I was twenty six, uh, teamed up with uh, Castor Design, mm-hmm. opened Odd Fellows, and then two years after that, uh, teamed up with um, Richard and Jesse, who owned the Social, uh, which is now Dog and Bear, our pub, and uh, the rest is history. We opened Parts and Labor five years ago. It was five years ago, uh, June. Wow. June fifth, and uh, and now. Uh, about a year and a half, a year and a half ago, I I started doing. Well, actually, two years ago, I started doing stuff with Vice. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Patrick um, were like, man, we should do a show, and we did we did the show before. Uh, I did just like three episodes, um, and and uh, we wanted to do something different. That show was kind of just like it, it. It was more about like getting wasted and and right. getting <laughs> chefs to to make you food the next day, kind of thing. Yeah, and it was kind of a it was a it was a fun thing, but it wasn't it didn't have like legs, you know. Yeah, and so then we were like, let's do a show more close to home mm-hmm. and something that that we're really about. And so then we we started we came up with Keep It Canada. And what's great about this show is that you have traveled across the country, and I know that you are now shooting the second season. We're going to talk more about that after the break, and I also want to talk to Maddie about uh, what we should all be eating more of across the country and the places we should explore. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. My guest in studio is Chef Maddie Matheson from Toronto's Parts and Labor in Parkdale. Also the host of an online food series called Keep a Canada, which is on uh, Munchies, which is the food channel for Vice. So you've already done the first season. So there's six episodes online. Yep. Right? So you you visited, um, I had it written down, but you were in BC. We, we did, uh, here, I'll start from the beginning. Okay. I think. So we did like Prince Edward Island, and then we did... Um, <laughs> we did like BC, we did Calgary, we did, um, and Newfoundland, Newfoundland. We did, what else did we do? I forget. Quebec. <laughs> and, uh, what was, what's the other one? I'm brain dead. Uh, one other province. Where else did we go? Well, there's so many places, you know? right? So no, you get them. BC, <laughs> Quebec, New Brunswick, PEI, Newfoundland, Calgary. Yeah, New Brunswick. Sorry, yeah. my home province. You, where you were born. Where That's I was right. born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy to overlook. So <laughs> those six episodes are online. I will warn people that there is like a adult language. So perhaps before you play it in front of your children, just keep yeah, in mind that I Maddie think... ha- Maddie has a really foul mouth. 
Um, sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes. But we're keeping it clean for this half hour. We're clean. One hour clean. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> and so what? the great thing about the show is that you kind of just show up at these places with these different chefs and food farmers, food producers. Um, and I feel like what's great is that you are really honest about what you know and don't know going in. Yeah, like I think I... <sighs> I, I, I'm not trying to pose on anything. Like, if I don't know how to fish, I don't know how to fish, man. I didn't grow up fishing. I, uh, like, when we were fishing in Quebec, and it was like, I didn't catch, we had to shoot in the rain for, like, two and a half hours until I caught a fish. <laughs> because it took me, like, that long. Like, that. I don't think that's a long time, but, like, when it was raining out, and, like. Everyone Emma, really wanted you to catch yeah, a fish. Yeah, like, Emma, Emma, Emma from Nora Gray, she, she caught, like, ten fish. And they're like. We, we we have to keep shooting until you catch one. And then, like in the show, I was just like, oh, man, I'm like, I'm not even catching anything. And then all of a sudden, I'm like yelling about not catching any fish. And then all of a sudden, I catch a fish and we're like, okay, cut. Because we were like, man, we're out on a boat in the rain for like two and a half hours. But or like you, even longer, actually. But how excited were you when you caught that fish? I was pretty stoked, man. I caught a little rainbow trout. And I, I thought it was uh, it was one of those moments, you know, one of those special moments. <laughs> um, you can also text in during the show if you uh, have a question for Maddie. You can text in at 71010. So during your travels, coast to coast, pretty much, yep. for the show, um, what surprised you the most? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think I was welcomed with such warm arms across Canada and like everyone was so amazing like I still think like going to Newfoundland I got to go to Newfoundland three times last year and I never had been before except for when I was like a baby I've, I've never been I've it's, heard it's beautiful it's another world man it is like the most one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in the world Todd at Mallard Cottage and 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 the Jeremy's at, at Raymond's are beyond hospitable they are true Canadians. So and these like, are two re two very two different well -known restaurants, restaurants, and they're they're like they're really good friends of mine, and like just going there and like it it was just a phenomenal like it, it was crazy too like we 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 went fly fishing, and they're like oh yeah we gotta go for like a hike and I was like okay a hike I'm I saw like, this <laughs> and and man we got lost for like three hours with like camera equipment I and I don't know if you can tell by my voice but I'm not in good shape, and so. I was like literally like crushed walking through like bogs and fallen trees and like these massive like not mountains but like they were pretty big foothills. Well, some of the the shows are quite physical. Like this was like you were yeah. in all this like fishing gear and Yeah, yeah. I had hip waders that were a bit too small so they were like making everything chafe and it was it was tough, man. <laughs> it was hot. And it, but that's the stuff like it's just like I'm putting myself out there literally when we had to like walk back from the lake that we finally got to it was like my camera guy like Dana was walking behind me just being like take one step at a time like it was like some <laughs> life or death type stuff and I was like I was having moments where I'm like I'm the only person that can get me out of this <laughs> and I'm just like having those moments man it was like crazy like I, I do put myself out there not as like I think in season two we're gonna do some more far out stuff mm -hmm. um and but but in season one it, it, there was some definitely difficulty like as little as like even like riding the bull at like the the stampede and like getting made fun of because i'm like yo man i'm like 280 pounds i got up on that bull and like my little i'm holding on my wrist as soon as any of all like my upper body weight goes on my wrist i fall off because i can't hold my weight with my wrist and so everyone's like making fun of me and like laughing the guys call me tiny <laughs> and it's just like i don't know 
You're good natured about it. Yeah, man. Like, man. Well, okay. So here's the other thing. Um, Because you got to discover and you got to meet so many cool people who who catch food, grow food, um, you know, raise it. And, and this wasn't something that you grew up with. And this isn't something that most people grew up. We didn't, most of yeah. us did not grow up on a farm raising the food that we no. eat or growing no. it. I don't or think a lot of it. people are. Most people don't. So yeah. that all we know is from maybe what we read, what we see on TV, that yep. sort of thing. So uh, in terms of what you got to experience during this, this food, this first season, what do you think we should be eating more of and that we perhaps take for granted? <sighs> I don't know. Good, like being being with uh, all these different farmers and stuff like that, and being with the the fishermen. I think I think trusting your local, going to like artisanal shops, going to the smaller shops, going to like artisanal butcher shops, little fishing shops, and all that kind of stuff makes a big difference for the for the community. You're giving a smaller um, uh, a family run business your money instead of like a bigger corporation. And I just think using like going to farmers markets, doing all that stuff if you can, right? Like some mm. people, there's massive shopping markets because people can't afford stuff that's grown properly, and right. it's a sad thing that properly grown and raised animals and and produce is more expensive because it takes work, mm -hmm. right? And 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 it's usually a family doing that work, and so it, it, it is it's that fine line of being able to afford the, the the good stuff for your own family, but you're helping out that family, and I think that reciprocal of like you're you're giving that good karma. I don't know. I think it's just like it's a circle too. It right? is a yeah. circle, man. Like, and I think people out there like eat, like. You know, I, I'm the worst at this, but like, you know, I'll have fast food every once in a while. But, but, you know, like I think eating, eating proper Canada as a whole has such an amazing, I know beef is very expensive right now, but mm -hmm. like it, it, it's so amazing to have real grass fed beef and, and, and to, to have that kind of stuff. Amazing pigs. Uh, and, and in the new season, like we just went to like Perth Pork and we went to YU Ranch. And it, it was really amazing to like see these families running these operations and seeing the care it takes on the pigs and seeing the care it takes on the cows and like 100% grass fed. None of this like grass fed and it's not and, and then organic on and something like else. Yeah. all this crap. And it's just like, it's real. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, like I think if um, people could it's a it's a crazy debate you know yeah because the cost of it is is more expensive but i think if if you want to support yourself in that kind of way and make the right choices um i think it's really important to 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 eat as locally as you can on in mm -hmm. you know so you can choose well and i often say to when i have different guests on the show who talk about food is you can choose where your money goes so maybe you know you don't buy you know all 100% of your groceries no. local because that might be cost prohibitive, but perhaps you can buy local, you know, locally raised meat, maybe a bit less of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And even like once a week. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like if you have a family and, and, and you're like on Wednesday, we go to the farmer's market, you know, once a week or something like that. I think that makes a big difference for that farmer, for your kids, because then they can have like white asparagus. That's real. They can yeah. have asparagus. They can have fiddleheads. They can have like real produce, not from a supermarket. And they can go, and you can take them to the stroller. Like there's a really good farmer's market like up the street from my place, like at Sororan, you know, Sororan and like Dundas pre pretty much. And, and, and you know, you can go there and you can get fresh fruit and yeah. amazing stuff and make jams or whatever the heck. Like it, it makes it, 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 it's weird. Like you get that kind of stuff from those farmer markets and like those farmers and stuff. And it makes it such a thing. Like taking your kids or, or your wife or your girlfriend or your, your, your boyfriend or whatever, and, and you go and you, you, 
you get a jar or like a pint of raspberries and you're like, oh man, I want to make some jam. And then you hang out and you make jam. I don't know, man. Like it, it's, it's, there's a romanticism about that kind of stuff. You know what? There's, I think there's a connection. It's also nice to talk to the person who actually brought that food yeah. to you. Farmers and... are usually pretty crazy. Shout out to crazy farmers. <laughs> I think also, the other thing too is a lot of people do think that buying local is very expensive. It's not always the case if you buy seasonal. So no, buy in season, like right now, there's a lot of great things that are cropping up and growing. It's mm. a great time to, you know, I, I'll often tell people to visit farmers markets because that's where my parents work in Halifax. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, if you can try to to buy seasonally, and it's great. And I, yeah. what's great about um, the show is that Keep It Canada is going to have a second season. Yes, it is. Started. <laughs> you've already started shooting, so yeah. you can look forward to more adventures. Yeah. By I... you. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was like, are you about to say something? <laughs> Do I? Are we done? We're we're gonna wrap up. Oh okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the lead. So munchies.vice.com. Uh, <laughs> Chef Maddie Matheson uh, from Parts and Labor. So good luck on this new season. We we'll look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be the best show on Canadian television, hands down. You've heard it here. <laughs> you listen to the Page 10 show here on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. More with Page on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Well, now that we're officially, officially is that as of today, into summer, it's time to enjoy the company of friends and family or whichever one you happen to like better. And uh, maybe think about having some people over. So if the idea of hosting makes you a bit nervous, entertaining and lifestyle expert Shona Jensen has some ideas to make it just a little bit easier. Hi, Shona. You got Shona on the line, Elliot? Yeah. Shona, yeah, here. hello. Hello. So let's, because I know that this is this is your world, your realm. You're very organized. You think of everything when it comes to party planning and entertaining. Uh, but some of us are a little nervous about it. Yeah, and you know what? That's okay. I really don't. Just because you're nervous doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, you know? Like, really, as you said, the whole point is to get together with your friends or family. I like how you said or whoever you like better. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could also change daily. No judgment there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but summertime's the perfect time to jump into or, no, even ease into entertaining because summer entertaining is so casual. It's okay. You don't have to have the, you know, 10-person sit-down dinner all that, you know, it's the time of the barbecues and the cocktail parties and the pool parties, things like that. They're not hard to pull off. So if you're nervous, take a jump, jump in there. And here's, you know, a few of the tips just to kind of make it a little bit easier if you right. to guide you through it. So okay. first and foremost, a really great idea is to have a really easy or a pre-made drink ready mm -hmm. for when your guests arrive. You know, when you arrive at a party and there's already people there and you, even if you know everyone, if you don't know anyone... It's up to the host to make you feel comfortable. Right. So right away, it's, hey, how you doing? But you're, as a host, you're a little busy. You're doing last-minute things. You're getting food ready. You're, getting, you're greeting other people as they arrive. So if you have a really quick and easy or easy drink for them to grab that you can give to them, you give them their drink, introduce them to a few different people, and they're instantly at ease and they're part of the party. They know where they should be. You've given them their direction. Right. You know? And people feel and, comfortable, I feel, when there's something to do, even if that is just to hold something in their hand and take a sip. I'm speaking for myself. I've gone to parties where no one I know is there yet, and it's like, I need to look busy. <laughs> Totally. That, no, you're 100% right. It's, it's that awkward, like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? Am I supposed to help myself to a drink? Am I supposed to get one? You, it's up to you as the host. You take care of that. Okay. And then if you want them to help themselves after that, that's when you tell them. 
look, when that drink is done, this is a self-serve. So you go, you go right ahead and fill your drink yourself, whether it be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. So it's always good to have the two options, right? Because not everyone drinks. Definitely have two options. Not everyone drinks for a ton of different reasons. They just don't feel like it or they want one drink and then they want to switch to another. You don't want to give them a glass of tap water. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes, it that's true. <laughs> so have some it options is. there So and non-alcoholic options. And then how do you feel about, like, you know, uh, we're having a party. Bring your own booze. Okay. I know this is such a controversial thing that gets people really worked up. It's, it's polarizing. I'm okay with it. And the reason why I'm okay with it is because if for budget reasons or a million different reasons why maybe you want people to BYOB, it's more important you get together with them, not that you're buying them drinks. or It's the same as a potluck dinner to me. Right. So I say if your crowd is comfortable with that, if your social circle is comfortable with that, then you go right ahead. Don't feel pressure to have to spend the money on every single thing. What do you think of it? Um, I think it depends on the way you you lay it out from the beginning. So if it's like, we're having a big party and we want to celebrate this, but bring your own booze, I think it's different than let's get together or bring whatever you feel like drinking. If it's super casual, then then I don't mind. I don't drink a lot either. So it's, it doesn't really make a big difference to me. But if I was having people over, if, if it was a matter of like, hey, we want to get together next week just because, then, you know, whatever you feel like, bring it. I'll supply food and snacks and cheese and all that sort. But I find if sometimes people throw these events that seem like a, more of a formal party like we're celebrating whatever it is some sort of occasion right um we want you all to be there and by the way bring this then I f it's different it's like cash yes. bar at a wedding i don't like yeah, it. yeah again another whoa we do not have enough time to talk about no that. we don't that but like it, thing it, that freaks everybody out is the cash bar good or yay <laughs> or nay and that's a but, whole separate conversation so for me <laughs> The the bring BYOB doesn't bother me if it if I know from the beginning that it's a very casual get together. Yeah. Then it's just like it's like how we used to call up friends, but we don't call anymore. We just say, hey, do you want to come over? Sure, we're going to throw some stuff on the barbecue. All right, just bring a few beers if you want. That's absolutely fine with me. I so I think it's time and place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree. So so there you go. So you're set. They've got their drink. You've got that all sorted out as they're bringing their own. And obviously food. Food's totally important. Mm -hmm. So when you're picking your food, think of things you can make ahead. I am totally good with the fake it till you make it. If you're not really good in the kitchen, if you're not good with it, I say buy it. Just, again, the most important thing is to get together. But one thing that's really important to think about are diet restrictions. So when you and, you know, anybody who is maybe think vegetarian or vegan or, or something like that, when you are inviting them, ask them what are, it's your job as the host. Ask them, do you have any restrictions? Eat or don't. And mm, as a okay. guest, tell the truth. Tell the truth as a guest. That's yes. what the host wants to know. They're asking yeah. for a reason. And then you can take care of it. So like I said, you know, vegetarian and vegan, and there might be lactose, sensitive lactose free, lactose completely, forget it. I will die if I have it. It's the worst thing ever for me. Um, something like gluten-free, oh, like gluten, my very favorite gluten-free snack, because I'm gluten-sensitive too, are those crispy minis, they're the mm -hmm. chips, oh my god, they're so good, they're totally addictive, and for example, those are gluten-free certified, Canadian Celiac, Celiac Association, so, but they're, they're something everybody's going to enjoy at the party, so you're right. taking care of that one guest, but you're not also, you know, giving things that aren't for anybody else at the same time. And I also think, too, that if you have an allergy or if you're very sensitive to something and the host just, you know, may maybe forgot to ask, which happens, mm -hmm. I think you have 
to let them know. Just say, hey, you know, FYI, um, don't worry about, you know, make what you want to make. But just to let you know, I'm very allergic to whatever. Because uh, I have seen a situation where the person who's hosting feels really terrible because they didn't know. So I think, you know, if you weren't asked, then that's fine. But you should just say, like, hey, FYI, my kid's got a peanut allergy. And that person will probably, they will make an effort to not have that food there because they will feel worse if you show up and then tell them. I totally agree, especially if they're new to hosting parties or entertaining. They may, they don't, you know, they weren't listening today. They don't know to ask their guests. So yes. it's, it's totally okay because they've got a lot on their mind because they're having everybody over. It, I totally agree with you. Tell them ahead of time. It puts everybody at ease. Yeah. And then, but then if it's just a matter of you don't like something, then just shut your mouth. Oh, yeah, then you're just being patient. You're not invited next time. (laughs) You you will not be back. Yeah, if it's like, well, I don't like when my dairy and my this touch. It's like, that's too bad. You just have to deal with it. So um, any other tips, Shona? Um, You know what I say? Have a couple extras on hand if it's an outdoor party because it's summertime. The sunscreen, the bug spray, the sunglasses, towels if you're lucky enough to have a pool, even hats because you don't want somebody to leave. You know, that's kind of a bummer if they've got to leave because they've had too much sun. Have Mm -hmm. those things around. But most importantly is things don't have to be perfect. Don't feel pressure. The whole thing is to get together with your friends and family and the people that you want to be around with, have fun, and just try entertaining. Just try it. It's easy. It's like practice. You'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good, too, when you have the right we have the right people, right? So if you start off with your, your close friends or family, people that you just enjoy their company, and it doesn't matter if you're just throwing on some you know, hot dogs and burgers on the grill, then you're all good. A hundred percent. If you're having fun at your party, your guests will have fun too. Whether or not something went wrong or not, it doesn't matter. If you shrug it off, it doesn't become a thing. So yeah. you have fun, they'll have fun. It's all. And then when somebody falls in the pool, well, whatever. Then never jump in after them and go for a swim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that's great. Thank you so much uh, for the tip, Shona. Thanks, Faye. Happy entertaining. Thank you. So that's Shona Jensen. Um, some great outdoor entertaining tips. And now that, like I said, now that we're into summer, you might want to think about having people over. Although even if you, like myself, I don't have outdoor space, but um, I should make a point of having having people over a bit more often and, and entertaining them. I just like to, right now, I'm just waiting for someone to invite me to a cottage. I determined that I don't have enough friends with cottages to let me get out of the city. Vinny White has just walked in. He's going to join me uh, just after the break because this is our one week to overlap with each other because I was away last week and then Vinny's going to be away for the next few weeks and we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up after the break. Okay. Uh, did you ruin my show last week? Absolutely, yep. Well, I have two weeks to seek revenge. Okay. So, great. Yeah, if you could ruin mine, I'll ruin yours. That's well, how it works. That's how it's going to work, actually. Mm. So stick around. Uh, after the break, I'll talk to Vinny, and I'll tell you a little bit about my trip to Scotland, and uh, and then we'll see what Vinny's up to in the next couple of weeks as well. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. This is The Pay Chen Show. Chen.com is the website. That's where you can also go to find podcasts of the show. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at PayChen, C-H-E-N. Vinny White joins me right now. Uh, oh, I'm horny. Sorry, what? I was just quoting the lyrics of that song. I mean, That's I'm a bit because I'm near you as well and you have that effect. No, I'm not. Well, I'm nauseous. <laughs> what, what song is that line from? I don't know. We'll make it up. Um... Uh, Vinny, of course, is heading off to England for two weeks, right? Yeah. 
and I just got back from the UK. So I technically was in your home country because I did do a stopover in London at the airport. Mm, does that count? I was there. How many terminals now? Five, isn't it, Heathrow? Yes. Did you get lost? Um, I didn't get lost because it's very clear where you need to go. It's just that it takes a lot of time yeah. to get from one terminal to the other because you have to get on a bus and then um, if you fly back... If you connect, sometimes you have to go through security again, which actually really throws me off because you go through security at Heathrow, even though you may have just gone through security. Oh, where I didn't you know left. we did that. I thought it was just the Americans did that. No, I had to go through security twice, and it, oh. I almost missed my uh, connecting flight back. Um, but I was in Scotland. Have you been to Scotland? Yeah, I've been a couple of times. You've been a couple, yeah. Yeah. Whereabouts? I went to Glasgow when I was probably about 20 with a girl I was seeing. Yeah. But I didn't see much because when you're 20 and you've just started seeing a girl. You... Right. You just, what's, the, yeah. what's the point? Um... So I'm, I'm <laughs> terrible judge of it. I can tell you that the bed was very comfortable. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, that was a, that's a great trip. Uh, so I went to, I spent about, a, I guess, a week there. Yeah. So I went first to uh, Perthshire, so a little like rural area, really beautiful. And I was there to visit a tea plantation, which I won't say too much about right now because I'm actually writing a travel story. That's why I went oh, there. A tea uh, plantation in Scotland? Uh, that's the thing. Oh. If, if anyone out there is a tea drinker, feel free to text in at 71010. But they there's a, a man there who started growing tea very recently, just in the, in the three years and now there are a few more tea plantations and by the end of the year there should be about a dozen so people are growing tea in scotland I had no and idea the climate is, would allow it but well, evidently it does exactly and uh it is actually quite well known internationally among you know tea connoisseurs because the quality of the tea is so great so uh that was sort of the reason I first went there was to find this little tea plantation. And then I was there and I thought, well, I might as well visit Edinburgh and uh, Glasgow while I'm there. Are you still calling it Edinburgh? Edinburgh. How do you say it? Edinburgh. Edinburgh. That's yeah. what I said. That's what I said. Sounds and like I'm going to Edinburgh and then Manchester. And then I went to Glasgow. Oh, yeah. So that's where I spent my last few days. And that was actually quite nice because I had some suggestions from the um, like visit... Glasgow, like the tourism department. So mm. that was nice to have a little direction because I was traveling by myself. And when I was in Edinburgh, for example, I had booked this Airbnb. And there's it's always a bit of a crapshoot when you book an Airbnb. Um, and it actually turned out to be fine. But I had rented a room in a flat. It was a beautiful apartment, but it had like, I would say three or four roommates. And I think what a couple of them do is they rent out they try to rent out their rooms on Airbnb. And if they rent it, then one of them just, you know, stays at a friend's place or stays in one of the other rooms. Right. So I was, for a night, I was like someone's roommate. But that's cool, isn't it? I mean, you, did you have a good chat with them? Um, the woman that was, that kind of organized everything was really chatty and very friendly. And she even invited, she said, hey, do you want to come out and, and have dinner with us nice. at this pub? Yeah. I didn't go. I was really tired. Uh, but it was very, like, warm and hospitable of her. And I mm. just thought, like, here I am in this cool little flat and in someone's room. Mm. Like, I'm their roommate. And then I took off really early in the morning and that was it. But then I ended up in Glasgow for a couple of nights. And uh, Did you try the deep fried Mars bar? I did not, hmm. but I did have, like I was saying off the top of the show, I had haggis pakoras uh, at what, a cooking class. What's the last thing you said? Pakoras, Indian pakoras, where oh. it's like, um, like spices and flour breaded and deep fried. So you could do like chicken pakora, you could have oh. you know, just veggie pakora. So it's a sort of a fusion of Scottish and Indian cuisine. 
and I had some amazing seafood. Really, I'm, I'm a big seafood eater, mm. but I had some really great seafood in Glasgow. And then um, something else I didn't realize that they do there. I don't know if they do this in other parts of the UK, but in Glasgow, they do a really good job of sort of refurbishing their old churches. So I went, I had a cab uh, drop me off and I was like, I'm going to Oran Moor. And he's like, okay, there you are. And he pulls up in front of this giant church and he's like, there you go. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm I'm not going. He's like, no, this is where you're going. Mm, he probably heard about you. <laughs> so I go in, and it's a it's an old church that's been transformed into a bar, mm. and uh, it's you know all the stained glass, the the pew, everything is beautiful. And then in the basement, they have this thing where they do a um, it's called a play, a pie, and a pint, and they do it every day during the week at uh, lunchtime, where you go in and uh, you buy a ticket, and they do. Every week it's a different play and it's it's been shortened to 45 minutes so that anyone on their lunch hour can this. go yeah. have a pint, have a little pie, like a scotch pie or whatever, or a quiche, and, uh, and watch some theater. Isn't that a cool idea? Yeah, love and it. And all within an hour in church. Love it. Did you pay much for that? Mm, I'm trying to remember how many pounds. It, it's not it's not unreasonable. Yeah. Considering you're seeing, you know, a, a nice show and you're getting lunch. And you get to do it all within, you know, typical. I think the smart thing was that they made the the shows 45 minutes, right? right. Yeah. So, uh, but I thought that was really quite fun. You know, a play, a pie, and a pint. And you can do that at uh, in a church. You could even tell your boss that you're just going to church at yeah, lunch. Yeah, for 45 minutes. <laughs> in reality, you're going for a cheeky pint. I and like I also, I thought you might like this. I don't know. I don't know a lot about craft beer at all. So I'm not sure if anyone in Toronto does this in terms of like craft breweries, but I went to visit this place called Drygate and uh, they do, obviously they make craft beer, but they also have this like mini version of a brewery. It's just a tiny little room and that's like a little uh, craft brewery kitchen that you can rent out and you, you Vinnie White could go there by yourself or with your friends and make your own craft beer. They have everything there. You can make your own concoctions. You can throw in whatever it is you want mm. and they'll bottle it for you. You can make your own craft beer. Isn't that kind of fun? Yeah. That wouldn't be legal in Ontario, would it? The fun, the fun place would close that down. Although people make their own wine here, right? Like you can make your own wine for your wedding and bottle it and stuff. So I just don't know if there's a place that people can do that with beer because yeah. it sounded great. Like a really fun, and that was, they do a lot of like team building things and businesses would rent out maybe that space um, or people who just have an interest in maybe playing around with beer a little bit yeah. would go there and, and you could, you know, make your own and they'll help you make labels and stuff. So you can make it kind of fun, right? If you had your own business, which you do, you could put, print off little labels with your business on it and hand out beer. Well, I don't know that you could hand out beer on the street. But... Yeah, you could in Scotland, <laughs> for sure. It wouldn't last long, but you could do it. Um, and then I don't know if you saw this on my Facebook, but I also took a fry, uh, frying, flying trapeze class. Who are you? Who am I? I'm a crazy world traveler who does circus classes in Glasgow, Scotland. No, I was uh, I was terrified. I saw it actually. I was. Uh, Did you think I was good? I was enjoying it. Um, I didn't know it was you. Oh, I, you didn't know it was yeah, me. Yeah, I just thought it was a video of someone. Was it actually you? Because it looked quite good. On the flying trapeze? Yeah, it looked like you knew what you were doing. It was me, and I don't know if you saw the right video because I did not look like I knew what I was doing. Yeah, you did. Well, but I mean, I... you didn't fall <laughs> off, so therefore you looked like you knew what you were doing. Well, they it's had, very binary, trapeze. They have these like, little safety cables on you, but uh, you I originally... You or you look like you know what you're doing. I originally thought I had signed up for uh, like a hula hoop class, which seems safe because you're on the ground the whole time. And then I get there, and I find out that there's a fl it's an intermediate 
trapeze class. I'm like, intermediate? I've never done one before. So it's this really great place called um, Aerial Edge. But Toronto also has a circus school. So you, if you want to, Forget you it. could go. Forget it. You know, well, this is the thing. I'm telling people because right. if you are interested in doing um, like trapeze or they do those... Um, the silks, you know, the material that they yeah, like, tie themselves up and they swing. People, I don't like watching people do it. All kinds of acrobatic things. Yeah. Uh, so th that's what you can find at the circus school. And Toronto actually has a circus school. I think it's just called the Toronto Circus School. You can look it up and, and look at uh, classes there. But may maybe, Vinny, that is something you could consider. No, I've, I did. And I don't know if you heard me, but I said forget it. I like the beer brewing in Scotland. You, <laughs> you have me on that. You lost me at trapeze. Uh, I also went to a uh, whiskey distillery. I thought you might, yeah. Why do you think I might, even though you know I don't drink a lot? Well, how would you go to Scotland? Uh, presumably for free as some sort of work incentive and avoid a whiskey tasting. It would be insane. Um, I originally wasn't super... I was like, ah, I don't know. I could go without. I've done one before. Like mm. my last... I went to Scotland about 15 years ago and I, I was like, eh. But then they said, oh, you can do a whiskey and chocolate tasting Ooh. at 10 a.m. And then I fell asleep oh. in the cab. 10 a.m.? <laughs> Drinking whiskey? That was just when the tour started. Yeah. And people say well, every Rome, day. <laughs> I, don't know if you, I don't know if you've met the Scottish, but that's really quite normal. So uh, anyway, it was uh, it was a good time from my adventures at the Airbnb all the way through to uh, you know. And I presume you went time. to the whole Edinburgh Castle thing and all that stuff. You know what? I went to the castle when I did my backpacking trip many years ago. So this time around, I decided to do a little hike up Arthur's Seat, which is a really beautiful hill i guess so it's very cliff like mm, mm. Uh, and it has a once you get up to the top you have a really beautiful view of the city but it's yeah. a bit of a hike and i wasn't dressed for it i i was purposely hiking behind this elderly couple because i thought if i fell or injured myself they would probably have band-aids and uh, i was walking the guy turned around next to me and goes oh you're doing better than we are we've got hiking boots on and you look like you're going shopping mm. although they were 86 they what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> well, I'm very glad you did well. Um, so what was I the survived. highlight? I always ask this to people that have just come back from somewhere. What was the highlight, do you think? Um, you know, I think... You know, I also visited the Isle of Mull very briefly. And did, I love the little island. Did you fly there? Pretty. No, we oh. took a boat. Uh, so it was all around. It was a really, it was a really nice trip. And good you're time going to there go as well. Yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow to um, England to see my mum. Are you going to do any travelling around? I think I might go to Norway, just because I've never been. Wow. When you're in Europe, you've got to hop about a bit, haven't you? Well, that's what I hear you should do. Yeah. So I might go to Norway. I'm sure I'll come back with some stories. Well, uh, I'm sure you will. I can't wait to hear them. Mm. So I'll be t covering for Vinny the next two weekends. But if he is, uh, of course, here right now. So Vinny White is up next from 9 until 10. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a great night. Paychen.com. And... Um, Happy summer. Thanks for covering me for the next couple of weeks. Well, you shouldn't thank me yet. Don't mess it up.